0: Welcome to Joint Effort with Des Moines Orthopedic Surgeons. This podcast covers the pain and injuries that are associated with muscles, ligaments, and joints. Welcome to another episode of Joint Effort. I'm your host, Jason Sullivan, orthopedist at DEMOS, here with Annie Sullivan, who is not related to me in any way, shape, or form. She's a physical therapist uh, here with uh, Dmos, and uh, just wanted to get her on and talk about basic physical therapy strategies. Thanks, Andy, for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah,
0: you got it. Um, you, you said you graduated from Roosevelt, so you're I did. a rough rider. And uh, then went to Iowa State for college.
1: Yep, for undergrad.
0: Iowa for PT? Yes. So do you have a bias one way or the other? I am a
1: Cyclone fan. Oh, you are? Through. I'm not a Hawks fan.
0: Okay, you came prepared for that question. <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay, all right. Did you go to the big game last weekend? I
1: did go to the game in Ames and
0: first time both teams were ranked the same time yeah, playing
1: 9 on 9 versus 10 i think okay
0: i took my kids that game yeah. with my wife they ran out of water by halftime yeah. people were filling up their water bottle from the sinks saying, in the bathrooms we had a water bottle it was disgusting um, and also it was 95 degrees everyone was drenched i mean it was it was something else it was it was a great scene unfortunately
1: my team lost
0: your team lost and never really never really got going right. you know Maybe if they played it again, it would be different. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, maybe we'll meet up again. Maybe. I doubt it.
1: Maybe but next year. <laughs> yeah.
0: Iowa State can still win the Big we'll 12, see. though.
1: Hopefully. We'll see how we play this weekend and then go into Big 12.
0: Are home. you going to Vegas to watch the game this weekend? I'm not. Okay. But I'll
1: be at all the home games this are you, season. So you go to all – Yeah, we have season, season tickets. Family does? Yeah, my family does.
0: You go so. up and tailgate?
1: We do. We have a tailgate spot, tickets, at okay. the about 48-yard line, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're at the upper deck, though, so – a
0: little bit further back. Um, the it, well, it kind of comes over the top, though. It's not that bad. Yeah, no,
1: it's not bad. We're right by
0: the press box. Um, that stadium has improved a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. It used to be open ended. Yeah. And now they've kind of figured out that to create a sound and a <laughs> noise, you need to close it in, That's which right. probably has helped with some success. But it was—I thought it was fun, interesting. Our boys loved it. I'm sorry your team didn't get the win. It's okay. But uh, we'll get anyways, to next but, but <laughs> I, hey, I'm not even Iowa biased. I. I probably root for iowa or iowa state but uh i like to see both teams succeed to yeah. be honest uh, all right let's let's get into it a little bit how do you how did you know you wanted to do phys- be a physical therapist how did you figure this out
1: um i was in sports in high school kind Kay. of like what sports i was a swimmer and uh, most physical therapists will answer that question because they were in sports in high school mm-hmm. they wanted to do something in healthcare, but also keep a sports aspect to it um and i went to physical therapy one time or for a session in high school and I was like hey this is kind of fun I could do this you didn't
0: say that in your interview though because did you because I'm assuming that everyone says the same thing right it's like med school they say I tore my ACL in high school and that's why I want to be an orthopedist but if you actually say that the interview they're like yeah Throw that You're throw out. that one away, you know? Yeah.
1: No, I just was like, hey, this is kind of fun, mixing sports with healthcare, and
0: yeah.
1: um I debated a little bit on PA versus PT. I had a brief stint where I wanted to be a dentist, but ultimately really? ended up as a physical therapist. Okay. So, yeah.
0: Do you think you found the right path? I do. I enjoy okay. it. I like it a lot. Working Great. with
1: lots of active people.
0: And as a physical therapist, there are multiple avenues you could go mm-hmm. into, and you can kind of subspecialize from there. Mm-hmm. Did you always know you kind of wanted to work with an active population? Yes. uh, Trying to get over an injury or recovering from surgery?
1: Yeah. Um, In PT, you can do orthopedics, you can do neuro rehab, um, you can do inpatient rehab, like after strokes, spinal cord injuries, women's health care, and then acute care in the hospital, um, as well as geriatrics and home health. And I always knew I liked orthopedics. I did a brief stint in PT school. I did a pediatric orthopedics rotation. Um, and ultimately I was like, nope, I still like orthopedics the yeah. best. So cool. Yeah.
0: So I'm guessing here you're getting, that's basically all you're getting here. All ortho. Right? Okay. So I hope you, <laughs> hope you like it. That's great. I do. All right. So talk to me about, you know, Iowa is a direct access state. Is mm-hmm. that what you call it? Where you don't need a therapy script from a provider. Correct. So anyone who, let's say someone's at home and they're like, this shoulder has been bothering me for could it just be bothering them for a couple of days yeah. and they could, so how does that process work? How do they, um, they just can call the office and say, Hey, I'd like to schedule a visit.
1: Yep. They can. So, um, patients can self-refer to physical therapy, just calling clinic of their choice. Um, they can also be seen by their primary care provider and they'll send a referral over if they, think that they need to be further evaluated, or they'll go down to your offices and you guys will send them yeah. up to us. Um, and then also through like an urgent care clinic as well. And we get patients that have had an injury for three days. We get patients that have had a, my shoulder's been hurting for three months. I think it's time to get it looked mm-hmm. at. So we'll kind of see the whole realm of things, evaluate them, kind of direct them in the best way possible for their care.
0: So when they come to you and they say, hey, Annie, my shoulder's been hurting me. I haven't seen a doctor. Um, walk me through that first visit how much time do you spend taking their history and figuring out kind of how do you kind of figure out what's going on and then formulate a treatment plan
1: So all of our appointments here are run for 40 minutes, regardless of if it's a new evaluation or a return visit. Is that fairly
0: standard in the therapy world? Um,
1: Some clinics will do 30 minute returns and like a 60 minute eval, but we run everything on the 40 minutes. Um, So we'll just let them talk initially, because a lot of the time just hearing their whole story, their subjective history can really guide us right in the direction that we need. Um, And then we'll check out their motion, check out their strength, run some special tests, um, see if everything is lining up with what we think is going on mm-hmm. um, and if they're an appropriate candidate for physical therapy we will talk to them about what a standard episode of care would look like what to expect from physical therapy um, and then if we think that they would be better suited seeing um, one of you guys in the office or go elsewhere we will also direct them that direction yeah. and most of the time people are like yeah i'm going to try physical therapy first um, so, if they come to us on their own, we'll say, let's give it a good six to eight weeks. If you notice an improvement in your function, decrease in your pain, and if you're happy with where you are, we'll reevaluate throughout that time. Um, or if we get something that we're like, hey, you really aren't responding to physical therapy, mm-hmm. I think it's time to see a physician and we'll direct them. Are there that way
0: times as well. where you're like, hey, I'm glad you're here, but you don't need this. Like, is that, you know, I mean, that I've, can happen. Okay. Yeah. Like if, you know, if someone fell and they can't lift their arm yes. and you suspect a rotator cuff tear, um, you know, you're probably not going to put them through 12 weeks of PT right. to try and get them here with weakness. And then all of a sudden their tear is retracted and not fixable right. or something like that. Right. So, so if
1: we find that they're really not responding well or there's yeah. any red or yellow flags that are standing out, we'll say, I think let's send you get a some doc evaluation. And out Go from there
0: and is a is standard course of treatment you know six weeks uh 12, 12 weeks is it different per person different per injury or
1: different per person different per injury um you could have two people with the same injury and one could respond really well in four to six weeks other people might get more of that six to eight even up to 12 weeks um, but ultimately, if they don't feel like they're improving and we don't see improvement, we'll direct them okay. on as best as possible because our ultimate goal is for them to be happy, get back to what they want to do, make them functional. Um, we don't want them to dread coming to physical therapy. We yeah. want them to have fun when yeah. they're working. Right, with us. right,
0: right, right. Uh, when you do get a script from a provider, mm-hmm. it, is it sometimes just like PT for knee? Mm -hmm. or is it like i want this 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 and this i mean do you get more specific stuff or do you get more generalities which one of those strategies do you like better
1: we get both um i think a big difference or a big divider of that is if it's pre-op and if it's just knee pain evaluate and treat that really leaves it up to the physical therapist to make that decision um and then if it's something versus post-op where you have a rotator cuff repair here are your restrictions here are your parameters stay within mm-hmm. these parameters um different people respond to different treatments yeah um but ultimately the goal is to get them better and get them on their way
0: how do you fit in your normal day how many patients will you see in a day uh, a
1: full day is 12
0: 12. Mm-hmm. how do you do all that and then also do you have to dictate a note on everybody oh, Or the type notes get note? done in time they get done
1: <laughs> <laughs> sometime within the week
0: within the week yeah okay within i, I would days. assume from a billing perspective it has to be done at a certain yeah. point but yeah. uh we're pretty good about getting things um, i would say days. i don't get there's not a more common question i get from patients than when i say hey you know how is therapy going and i usually i like to ask them because i want to know the relationship with the therapist going well and you guys have a great office here but there are great therapists all throughout des moines and uh sometimes people just don't vibe with who they're with you know mm-hmm. so sometimes they'll be like well didn't you check the notes you know and uh, and so you know we get th- therapy notes from you guys um but sometimes they're two or three pages long. And so for 50 patients, you know, you'd be spending a lot of time. So we usually have them there and we can pick out like abnormalities, but to look at every little range of motion statistic is not feasible. Uh, But usually I ask them in a general context, you know, how are things going? It's interesting. I I think that as a therapist, your relationship with the patient far exceeds like that of what a physician can have with a patient in most circumstances. Because you spend so much time with spend
1: them. We spend a lot of time with our patients. Um,
0: I mean, you must get to know everything about these people. We do.
1: We know just about everything and, that they are willing to share. And
0: and some are probably talkers, and some people yes. probably don't say too much, and yep. and then you're kind of trying to get things out of them a little bit. But is that part of like, do you know, can you, can you sense when someone trusts you based yes. upon kind of your interactions and things like yep.
1: that? Um, We'll have patients that just want to chat about everything and maybe do two exercises while they're in therapy and we'll have to kind of guide them back to yeah. what they're here for, yeah. not to socialize, but right. to work on their um, issue at hand. And then we have other patients that just like to get their work done, get in, get out. Not and say too much. Not say too much. Okay. But um, typically we'll vibe pretty well with our patients. How
0: many visits does it take before you feel like you, on average, before you gain someone's trust? Or does it usually happen day one?
1: Sometimes it happens on day one. Okay. Um, I think a lot depends on, like, the age. Like, when I get, say, like, girls my age, they're pretty much just chatting right away mm-hmm. and they're good to go. Um, but I'd say within three or four visits, they gain your trust pretty okay. well and are willing to try what All you right. suggest. All
0: right. Yeah, I mean, that's I, – I would say rapport with your therapist is, like, you know, paramount to success mm-hmm. for whatever you're trying to accomplish, you know, so um, – yeah, you guys' relationship is pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty strong. Let's talk a little bit about the value of, in the orthopedic world, obviously, there's majority of what I do is still non-surgical. Mm-hmm. Most things I see have a non-surgical solution. Uh, there are things that clearly need to have you know some type of intervention, like let's say an ACL tear, for example, okay. comes in. We know that those do better being reconstructed early uh, before they damage further structures like the meniscus or the cartilage, whatever it may be. We used to just say, "Okay, here's when we're going to do surgery. Um, And now we know that sometimes the injury and the swelling and the inhibition to the quad and all those things, if you rush them into surgery, sometimes that's not necessarily the right thing to do. Now, some people are fit and look good to go, but some people's injuries are more dramatic. So talk about the role of like a Mm preoperative visit or two or three and what, what you see, you know, are you seeing that result in yeah. better outcomes uh, or at more favorable? Or what do what you see
1: um, We'll see ACLs for, I'd say, kind of like three to four weeks before surgery, typically just see them up until the time they have surgery. It's great because a lot of times those patients come in and they're pretty down and out that they're gonna be in PT for a while, they're gonna be out of their sport for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so building that rapport, building trust with them, um, explaining what to expect pre-op and post-op um, for those patients, I think they do a little bit better as mm-hmm. well. Getting in, their- in terms of
0: anxiety and things mm-hmm. like that.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, getting them moving, getting that knee bending, getting them, um, starting to get some strength back.
0: Do you show them how to get around with crutches? Yep.
1: So we will, if they don't come with crutches, sometimes they do come on crutches. We will fit them with a set of crutches. We'll mm-hmm. show them how to move around the clinic. We'll take them to, uh, the stairwell and teach them how to do stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, And then just really talk to them a lot of patient education. I'd say that's probably one of the most valuable things. Um, Just so that they know what they're in for, because Mm -hmm. ACL is a long rehab, you'll Mm -hmm. sometimes see them for six to nine months, kind of Mm -hmm. depending on what they want to get back to. Um, So I really value the pre-op aspect
0: of- You find it more favorable meeting them ahead of time Mm -hmm. than at their first post-op when they have a little pain and (laughs) all these other things? Yeah, they're usually
1: looking, usually by the time they come back for their first post-op visit, they're, not as nervous their anxiety's down they're ready to go they trust you to get their leg moving because they've already met with you and usually they feel a lot better at that point too than they
0: did let's initially. talk about this concept of uh when i see a patient come back and they say therapy really beat me up today i don't know how much of a beating you guys know that you take but not in a bad way but it's always like oh they worked me hard today and some people are like that's what i need some people actually get worried they're like i think i retore something because i had pain doing therapy mm-hmm. How do you how do you work within a safe means after something like a shoulder surgery or rotator cuff repair, and know that you can take someone's range of motion without disrupting the repair underneath there? Is that is that kind of an art more than a science to figure that out?
1: I'd say it's a little bit of both. Um, first of all, a lot of it is patient education, telling them that we're not going to do anything, say range of motion wise, that they aren't supposed to be doing because mm-hmm. we're obviously we want to pre- preserve their tissue repair site. Um, and then in regards to being sore after PT or thinking that we worked them really hard, a lot of times I have to explain to patients, Hey, you haven't lifted anything with that arm for four or six weeks, you're going to be sore. Like we're using the muscles, we're targeting specific muscles. If it's just muscle soreness, I'm okay with that. That will go away Mm -hmm. in time. Um, But if it's anything like more deep or within the joint, maybe hold off on doing some exercises at home, let it rest a little bit, because pain also serves as a protective mechanism.
0: So something that goes away after a couple hours, you're like, hey, that's normal. Something that persists and, you know, maybe, you know, hey, we got to go in a different direction here or something like that.
1: I say if it felt okay after PT and you woke up the next morning and your leg was really sore Mm -hmm. from doing quad heavy exercises, that's fine. Okay. It'll go away. Okay.
0: All right, let's talk about a few hot topics in PT and how you feel about them. What does dry needling mean?
1: So dry needling is a PT specialty. We have two or three therapists here that do it. Um, It's essentially putting a needle into a muscle or a trigger point Mm -hmm. that is causing pain for a patient or has been stiff for a while, is inhibiting their ability to move a certain way. And you just kind of in the needle back and forth over a trigger point to help try to release that trigger point, release any um, spasms that are in that mm-hmm. muscle. Mm-hmm. And you can also hook it up to electrical stimulation, and sometimes PTs will leave them on that for 10, 15 minutes. I don't dry needle personally, mm-hmm. um, but patients usually like it. Um, and then if they've had it before, they'll typically ask for it, and it'll be that patient that providers discretion of if they're appropriate. So for is dry it like needling.
0: it's, So it's kind of like the n- nerve relationship to muscle, mm-hmm. kind of that yes, that balance that you're working out, dry needling. Yes, okay all right and so you need a special certification to get to do it
1: so you can take um, a course on dry needling we touch on it in pt school like two lectures or something Um, but it's a course that you have to take and you have to accumulate doing it on a certain number of patients to be able to kind of go about and
0: do it on your own when you have someone in front of you are are you what's your preferred style for pt are you very hands-on are you doing a lot of mobilization yourself are you throwing people more on machines and watching them, or how do you, you know, what is your personal preference as a therapist? What do you?
1: I say I'm about half and half. Um, I will do so I will do manual therapy when I find that it's appropriate, um, but I do really like to encourage um, exercise and um, activity mm-hmm. as well. If it, they're coming in for something more acute, like a neck a neck issue, if you can tell that it's for sure cervical musculature, I'll do some mobilization, um, soft tissue, and joint mobs there. Um, but try to also encourage some postural re-education and let them take a little bit more of an active role in their recovery versus just getting manual therapy.
0: Does everyone you see get a home program of some variety?
1: Most people do, yes, Um, and I kind of tell patients, it's like your homework. Do it take responsibility can you tell when it. they've done
0: it when they have uh, yeah when, okay yeah. do they come in cheapishly like you know with the dentist when you, did, you forgot to floss like the day before <laughs> like no no i floss 15 times a day you know they're like no you don't no you don't right so you know when they
1: mm-hmm. um so patients usually you can tell the post-op patients really do stick to those home programs pretty mm-hmm. closely um And then I just tell patients, this is just an extension of physical therapy because we can get you till you're 80, 90% of the way there, but sometimes that last 10% is gonna be more time related and Mm -hmm. you taking responsibility to incorporate those exercises into your daily routine. And I tell patients, it shouldn't take more than 15, 20 minutes to do your home exercise program. If it's taking you 30, 45 minutes, an hour, you're doing too much. Got it. Um, I say anything we do in PT is fair game for you to do at home. Um, But just to... Some
0: people feel that the more they do, the better. And that's not always the case, right? Not
1: always the case.
0: Especially those first six weeks after some type of soft tissue repair. You Mm -hmm. know, rest is just as important as the other stuff. And so it's hard to tell people that, you know, because there's some go-getters out there like, I'm going to recover faster than anyone before. Right. You we'll know.
1: get patients are like if I come every day will I recover twice as fast yeah. as if I came twice a week Probably
0: not, right? I mean <laughs> Right. I, you know, they might they might do marginally better, but
1: Yeah. And it comes down a lot to patient education again with them of don't do too much because pain is protective. If you're getting too sore, hold mm-hmm. off on it.
0: Mhm. Tell me about, you know, the, in the Olympics, these swimmers. My god, you you look at them and you're like they have some disease, but they just cupped before they were about to do a procedure. Yes. you know, swimming. You being a swimmer and a therapist, what do you know about cupping? What are they trying to accomplish by doing? You know, And I know that's not a routine thing a physical therapist does, yes. but you're closer to understanding that than myself. So help me understand that.
1: Um, I believe this, um, like swimmers you would see in the Olympics that have it done are having it done more by athletic trainers. Mm-hmm. Um, in our clinic, we don't have anyone that does cupping, mm-hmm. but um, the research is kind of out there. People are studying if it works, bringing in, increasing blood flow to the tissues that they're trying to target. Um, I've personally never had it done, so okay. I don't know you, what it feels you, like. I before your attest high school swim that. meets, you never, I don't cupping, think cupping wasn't was a thing. thing like that.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Just curious if you knew anything about it, but it seems like swimmers, it might be more popular than anything else. Yeah,
1: I, you see it a lot on swimmers, and how about, I think there's a the mental aspect to it as well.
0: How about kinesiology tape? give me a little background on that. Like, is there, is there some, so we know placebo, placebo effect is real. It is real. That's like the best medicine in the world, Mm -hmm. right? And for people that don't know what placebo is, it's just, you know, a a treatment that is imparted on someone that has no proven benefit or whatever, but people feel better afterwards, Mm -hmm. right? But um, is there some, maybe some proprioceptive benefit? Like you can feel your body, like taping an ankle, you can feel the kinesiology tape on there. And so you feel more secure. Is that possible?
1: I would say it's definitely has a proprioceptive effect on, say, an ankle tape for stability. Um, that being said, when you see kids coming in here that are taped up on All over every the place. joint, I don't know. Just don't know enough. We don't, There's not enough research okay. on that.
0: We know it's not harmful.
1: It's not going to hurt.
0: So, you know, yeah. just like... Uh,
1: if it makes you feel better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just fine. like cryotherapy, although cryotherapy may we may start to be learning a little something about cryotherapy mm-hmm. being helpful for certain things yeah. you know um but the science in the good journals is not there yet no, is that kind not of what you're saying okay in development
1: there are courses yeah. pts can take take that there are specialized taping methods for um certain issues that a patient has going on mm-hmm. and typically those patients will come in and say that they think that the tape made a pretty big difference so mm-hmm. if they think it helped them feel better i'm all for continuing to do it to a point.
0: Um, uh, help me understand, uh, e uh-huh. What you know? What do you? What injuries do you use that for? Uh, non-surgical, surgical? Um, how often do you use it? Things like what? What is the value?
1: Um, we'll use it for. I use it for two main things. One, we'll use it for pain modulation uh-huh. on a patient. A lot of times with like back pain, hip pain. Um, shoulder pain we'll use it to just kind of downtrain neur- the neuromuscular system and then we'll also use it post-op on especially ACL patients to really get their quad firing if they can't get their quad to go they're swollen they can't make that brain to muscle mm-hmm. um, connection the um, Easton machine is really helpful there there's different programs that you would run you wouldn't put the same person with neck pain or back pain on a um, program that we would uh, ACL right. rehab. There's different programs you can do to get those muscles going. You
0: can use E-STEM for back pain?
1: hmm We'll use it for back pain for pain modulation, um, hip pain, shoulder pain.
0: No kidding. Yeah. Are you starting that right away for ACLs, E-STEM, or is that, are you waiting to see how it's responding? I wait and then to see
1: how they respond. Okay. I like them to have to play the active role in trying to figure out how to get their quad going, and if we can't get it going then we'll try mm-hmm. some e-stim and usually with that we have them contracting as well not letting the machine do all okay. of the work but.
0: all in all it sounds like a patient should not be scared of seeing a physical therapist
1: is no. pretty fun we try to make it fun we want you to get better it's
0: not a it's not as painful a thing as people think it can be and and uh, if you use your judgment on things you know you can safely guide people through things yeah. without causing further harm yeah you can more or less
1: listen to what the patient's telling you um get a Together and have a team aspect on everything. Make sure the patient and you are on the same page, and Mm -hmm. make sure you have all their goals in mind for developing their plan of care and their treatment plan. That's
0: great. Anything I'm missing that you'd like to cover today? I don't think so. Uh, Okay. Well, hey, thanks. Anything else you want to hear about? No, this has been been very informative, um, and I think super valuable for for patients. You know, uh, to get a better understanding for what they're heading into when they (laughs) seek out a physical therapist, and you know, sometimes they want to find. You know, one interesting thing is they say, who's the best shoulder person you got? And <clears throat> there's some specialization within, but you do shoulders and knees and hips. And mm-hmm. I mean, you've kind of actually, you do a lot of the hips, if you, I feel yeah, like, I you like know, like but. Working
1: with hips, knees, shoulders, but I do a lot of the
0: hips. So you kind of find your niche, but you you guys all understand how to do.
1: Yep, we're all trained in everything. Um, The only (coughs) thing specifically in our office, we don't see wrist and hand. That will go down to hand therapy, but we do learn that in PT school. Oh, you do? So um, some clinics, physical therapists do um, work with wrist and hand. But um, each of our therapists has kind of developed their niche. We have some therapists that really like the overhead, um, athletes, the mm-hmm. throwers. We have some that like runners. I will work with a lot of swimmers. Um, everyone just has what they like best. Swimmer
0: shoulder is not easy to solve oh, all not. the time, right?
1: It is not. That's a. It's not
0: necessarily. A, yeah, it's just the the nature of the sport. Yeah. It just attritionally beats you up. Mhm. So, but I'm glad we have someone like you to help take care I like of. Working with swimmers. So. so you do. Yeah. Oh, good to know. Well, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You got it. Take care. Thanks for listening to Joint Effort, a podcast from Des Moines Orthopedic Surgeons. If you have questions about this podcast and wish to schedule an appointment with a surgeon, call 515-224-1414 or visit dmos.com.